Welcome to the Berkey Guide Podcast. We have a few episodes coming up this month. We're starting today with a bit of a tradition, talking to Ben Pop about the upcoming race. We'll cover conditions, changes, and events, and things are looking pretty good for the race in less than three weeks. Uh, we'll have another episode posted later this week, so stay tuned for that. Okay, welcome to the Berkey Guide podcast. I'm here with Berkey Executive Director Ben Pop, and uh, we got three weeks or a little less towards the, to, until the race, and um, just want to talk to him about what, what we're going to be seeing upcoming this year. So thanks for uh, coming on, Ben. Hey, happy to, uh, happy to be with you. All right. Um, I guess the first question is, you survived the cold. Yeah, you know, we had polar vortex just like I think the rest of the country did. But, you know, in, in all seriousness, it actually was a pretty good thing for the trail and, more importantly, Lake Hayward. Um, it really, uh, you know, we only have a three or four inch base right now on the southern half of the trail, but that made it really, really hard and I think uh, helped us out there. And, and then likewise, Lake Hayward only had um, seven or eight inches of ice going into it and now is over 18 inches. So we've actually been out on the lake plowing it into a ribbon of snow because uh, like I said there wasn't a ton of it out there but now there's plenty to support vehicles so it helped us out uh, in Berkey land by freezing up Lake Hayward and firming up the southern half of the base and I actually skied this past weekend both days um, from the lake all the way to double O and back and it is now really nice now not really nice by a lot in other words it's great conditions but not with a lot of excess uh um oops if you will um but now put as much stake in this as you want i'm looking at the forecast right now and it says three to five inches each of the next three days so in theory that could be 15 inches of snow come thursday but or it could be i don't want to say another 2017 and we have no snow so um all in all cautiously optimistic right now yeah, that I mean, it does sound good. Now, if the race, if it's good that we didn't have the polar vortex for the race, or hope we don't, because twenty five below would be uh, would be oh. twenty nine below would be a, a tough call to send a race off in that. Yeah, it really. You know, we talked about that. We looked back at some of the old uh, scrapbooks of, you know, there was a minus eight, a minus twelve, and those are those are cold to, to begin with. But man, you get much colder than that. Holy buckets! It really, obviously, I mean, it really is. It's it's not safe, and you just can't do that. So then you have to start looking at shortening options and things like that. So we're, you know, you know, you got to be careful what you wish for. Hey, we want really cold and snowy. Well, we can't kind of cold and kind of snowy you know and got to qualify our demands a little bit but if we had to do the race tomorrow it actually would be pretty darn good it we have a mist all through super bowl last night and then this this morning it's been kind of misty in fact schools were closed today here um but it hasn't really degraded the base a ton it really just uh, put a little crusty ice on top because like i said it's, it's 25 degrees out but misting and so there's a little crusty ice out there, and so if we ran the race today, it'd go out, till it up, and it would be really nice skiing, fast skiing, um, but uh, let's, let's hope it gets even better. Yeah, so good, good base, not much margin of error, so really what we need is a few inches of snow and, and some cold weather uh, the next few weeks. That's exactly right. You hit it nail right on the head. The, 
The pre-Berkey this next week, actually, unfortunately, they were required to make a call on their venue about a week ago. So they decided to move it up to double O and use the north half of the trail because at the time... Our friends at the federal government had shut down and they didn't have their permit to start on Lake Hayward, which, as you know, is a national park. It's part of the scenic byway. So uh, interestingly enough, we wanted to kind of test run some of the southern sections of the trail for the pre-Berkey coming up this weekend but for the Lions event. But uh, we're not going to be able to do that. And so they're going to actually, for the first time ever, run the pre-Berkey starting at double O, running up the skate trail to the power line and back on the Classic. So it'll actually be arguably as tough, if not tougher, than the Berkey doing the north half of the trail twice. But, uh, you know, it'll give us a good sense of kind of how the how the trail's going to hold up to a thousand plus skiers and what we're looking like, what areas and want to get a little bit of shoveling in, that kind of stuff. But all in yeah. all, uh, cautiously, uh, pretty optimistic. That sounds like a pretty brutal course. <laughs> yes, it will be. I mean, yeah, starting at double O, making a small 1K loop, starting in the Cordelopet Stadium, a little 1K loop going up over the new bridge, going north on the skate trail to the power line, making a 180 and coming back on the classic. 46 kilometers, up and over the high point twice. Arguably, I'm guessing it's going to be in the neighborhood of 5,000 feet of climbing plus. Uh, it'll be very tough. Yeah, I can imagine that'll be a good warm-up for anyone who wants to ski the Berkey. That, uh, the Berkey <laughs> will be easy after that. Um, That's what I told my mom. Yeah. So now... Yeah, and and it's also interesting just to hear the 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 long arm of the federal government shutdown actually you know yeah. get to the Berkey too that <sighs> you know you you must have to deal with so many different jurisdictions when you're crossing roads and far, forest land and two counties and and federal and probably some state issues too that there's a lot more logistics than just going out and grooming the trail and and, and saying go. Yeah, you know, really interesting. You know, we really, we got kind of, not in a panic mode, but we really started to start doing some serious uh, contingency planning. You know, our permits go in in uh, November, but they normally oftentimes aren't approved until this month of. Um, And so... You know, we didn't have the the permit to run across the lake, and so then we started asking questions like, "Okay, does what does that really mean?" And you know, do we have to stop at Duffy Field? What if this? What if that? You know, if the government doesn't open up, and yeah, I mean, it was really, you know, it, even little ski race in northern Wisconsin it affects. And I think is is we're not to get political. We are obviously all frustrated by by our lack of leadership in Washington to get this thing uh, righted, but even, yeah, it reaches far greater than, than a lot of people maybe even think would think. Yeah, and you no longer have the FAA issues of starting on the airport, but you still have still cross that, yeah. that, that federal issue there, and, you know, it would be, it would be interesting because we all want to finish in Main Street, and I know the local economy wants to finish in Main Street and logistically easier. If you had enough permit, I'm sure you'd have to just consider seeing what, going across and seeing what happened. If the federal government shut down, they... <laughs> I, that's right. There's, we don't that have means, to deal with that this year, but that would be a disappointment for a lot of folks. Oh, really disappointing. And, and my point was, sometimes can we ask for forgiveness <laughs> later I, on? What would that mean? You know? Yeah. No, I think that would. I, I I think it would be hard to justify doing anything else. But at least we don't have to get to that. But you know, obviously for 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 people who show up to the Berkey, then and and it's it's such a year round job to put it on, and and that's probably something I'm sure you'll talk about. Well, what do we do if this happens again? Because you know, hopefully it doesn't. But we can't really seem to get anything done right. But uh, it sounds like we're in a pretty good shape for the race um, in, in a few weeks. Uh, I, I guess the next question is, uh, with that trail report, what are, and you mentioned the new bridge. So why don't you tell us about the new bridge, new bridge over Double yeah, Well, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is eliminate road closures. 
So, you know, the major crossing is trying to have permanent infrastructure there. And so we're working on one for Highway 77 that we are hoping should be completed next year's race. And this year, we have a new pedestrian bridge. It's just like you would think a bicycle or, you know, a rails to trails type bridge. It's about 13 feet wide, 12 six. So, and it goes over County Road 00. So this year, for the first time, a lot of the skiers, if they haven't been here, there's a brand new community center, community outdoor center, um, right at 00. It's actually where the aid station will be this year. So new this year, likely next year, we will move the aid station back over to the Cordelope at Start area. But this year, for a variety of reasons, the aid station will be on the north side of the road where the new building is. So you'll ski in. Um, we actually have a new cutover for the Classic Trail to meet the Skate Trail just north of the aid station. Um, so where they used to come together there, now they're going to come together a little bit earlier. They'll come through this new aid station and then they climb up 13 feet. So there's a new hill, yes. Uh, up 13 feet across a 112-foot span um, at Double O and then down into the Cordelope Stadium and continue on their way south. So that'll be pretty cool. I think people will like it. Um, you know, I think there's certainly a potential for a little bottleneck there. It's wider than the old road crossings. Normally, the crossings where we shovel snow on the on the road are just about six or eight feet wide, single single lane, if you will. Even though this one's wider, you do have to get ski the approach to it. And so, you know, we'll have to see how this year goes. I think people have to adjust to it a little bit. But, ah, we're really excited. And the pre-Berkey is going to actually use it in both directions. They're going to ski over in one way, do their big loop, and ski back. So it'll get a little bit of use here coming up. But I think people will love it. Well, and I also think that the great thing about it is that, you know, it's always been um, – I've, I've, I'm just going to go back for a second looking at the, the Twitter account of the NWS and the Twin Cities, which, yeah, they're showing – for Hayward, two to three, and then four to six. So let's uh, let's, let's hope for wow. that this week. But oh, you know the other nice piece is when you throw snow down on uh, on a road an hour before you use it, you have to keep shoveling it in. It gets really soft. Everyone has to double pull. You can't really skate across it. This is something that'll be snowed in all season. It'll be I, I don't know if you run a piston bully across it, but even a, just snowmobiles yep. to pack it down. It's going to be yep. really nice skiing. It is. You know, I actually skied it this week, and like I did mention, we don't have huge amounts of base, but there's probably three or four inches, and it's no different than the regular trail. You ski across it, and you're like, wow, huh, I'm still on the trail. And, yeah, we're able to groom it really regularly, and, and it's really nice now that you don't have to take your skis off to cross double O, and, you know, a lot of times people are skiing the loops, or they want to go north to Bodeck or whatever it is, and it just makes it a real... It kind of reminds me of uh, some of the ski touring centers out east where you have a nice building, you can go inside, change, there's bathrooms, tables, little Berkey Cafe in there, and then uh, you go ski and you come back, and it really just feels like what I would call a touring center. And so hopefully we can get some of our friends from all over the country that obviously they come for the Berkey and it won't be... The building won't be that operational during the Berkey. Um, We're using it for a VIP event on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It'll be semi-open for people if they want. But all the skiing is at Berkey Ridge during at that point in time because we've closed the trail. But anyways, you know, come back and visit in December or January or whatever and and take in the skiing when there's not the pressure-packed Berkey, what wax do I have on, how do I get to the start type of uh, pressure. Well, you know, exactly. And I think we're also looking at, um, you, you know, when you're out for the Berkey, if you're if you're racing, if you, most people don't necessarily want to go out and ski 30k the day before and 30k the yeah. day after, but um, you know having that that facility for the rest of the year and for mountain biking in the summer, and I think also now you can ski from from the start area all the way to Mosquito Brook and back, and it sounds like uh, um, it sounds like there's a possibility that one day you'll be able to basically make the whole race without crossing a road, um, That's even right. when yeah. it's not race day. So that'd be really cool. 
Yeah, no, I really think so. And, you know, one of the other cool things this this year that I wanted to mention was, uh, you know, Keegan Randall's going to be here, um, gone through the fight with cancer. And one of the cool things that I really want to promote to everybody is we always had this Berkey Bash on Thursday nights, and it's just kind of been a fundraiser for us. And this year... Keegan's going to be there, and we're going to do it as a fundraiser for her with her battle against cancer and her active against cancer foundation. And, and, you know, she, to me, has done so much for our community. You know, when we decided to rally around, hey, we're going to get better as a country and better at skiing, it wasn't, you know, from her perspective, so much about, hey, we're going to have train more, have faster skis. It was about we're going to come together as one community. So I kind of feel like, you know, now it's our turn as a ski community to give back to her. And so we're excited to have her here for Berkey Bash on Thursday night. And, you know, hopefully we can get uh three or four hundred people there have a you got to have a pasta dinner anyways right and uh they're gonna uh, auction off a, a signed bib of her and you get a chance to meet her and take a picture with her and stuff so i'm excited about that and as a way to really uh you know give back to keegan and what she's done for our sport yeah i'm looking at that on the website and uh you know just so people have the information that's thursday night it is at the um I'll see now I've scrolled down too far. It's at the uh, Steakhouse and Lodge um, yep. uh, the T-Bone. I find it on uh, on the Berkey website. You can find it. And, you know, that sounds like a great opportunity. And I will definitely be looking into that as well because it sounds uh, – I think I'm going to be up yep. there on Thursday night. So, um, yeah, no, I uh, want to make sure people know about that. So we have the bridge. We have the Berkey Bash. Um, anything else to, to look forward to this year? Well, you know, I mean, I think, the, you know, this is the largest print token we've ever had, record-setting almost 800 people. You know, I think you get that experience downtown again. And then, you know, uh, for the Cordelope, but of course, now well over 3,000 this year, which is, again, getting really close to one of the largest ones. is exciting to see that starting to grow. But And not that that's new, but, again, just that renewed excitement that comes with it. Um, and, I, you know, they're downtown. we got some kind of new cool things coming, a couple new um, celebration plazas, one down by marketplace it's going to have a few new cool things and this year we're lucky enough that verizon is bringing in a temporary tower which is going to be nice so all the verizon customers hopefully are going to have better sell you know not that you have better coverage but you know the volume was just shutting everything down one and then two um we're going to have a public wi-fi zone that we're going to have down by the celebration area so if people are tracking their skiers so many times it just wasn't working because you couldn't you know you get snagged in cellular so we're hoping between the the public wi-fi zone and then verizon being here that people can be a little bit more connected when they're training you know tracking their loved ones and so we'll see but hopefully trying to find their at their own place and i'm saying that for maybe myself and some others (laughs) that's right where am i what place did i get Um, what what label have you in how many people came in yeah Yeah. Right, exactly, well, exactly. And I think that's always been been something, you know, you have a town of 2,000 people and you bring in 20,000, you're going to overload a lot of things. So that's that's something yeah. that we can try to, to make better. And, and, and right. it's you know, it is perfectly fun to grab a beer, walk around and try to find your loved ones, but it's even more fun to find them and then do that. <laughs> exactly, right, exactly. So we'll see. But I think all in all, preparations are well. Bibs are, was over at the sorting process. This, this morning is now underway. They're literally hand-doing uh, nearly 10,600 bibs. Um, putting stickers on them in each envelope and each well, it's it's unbelievable process at how well it goes and so now you know people say oh just can I change a wave and I know it's past the deadline and it's long gone past like just oh I'm gonna make a correction in the database I mean it's now physically out there being done and so that's kind of exciting and aid station prep is well underway so all in all um, going well all right um anything uh you know you were talking about the Highway 77 bridge is that that that's for next or next year is that a bridge or an underpass yep. or how would that work? 
Well, so originally it was planned to be an underpass. It was going to be a 77 tunnel, and we've just been working back and forth through the DOT, and now it looks like it may be exactly the same design as the bridge at 00. It's, uh, this 001's worked really well. The, we ended up running into some water issues with the tunnel based on where it is, and there's, you know, there's that big hill coming down 77. Drainage is where they were. Drainage wasn't working well, and there's a bunch of wetlands there that we didn't want to disturb. And so it looks like we're now in the final planning stages that it could end up being an overpass, which would... um, which would be cool. It would be a very visible thing, more so certainly than a tunnel of like, wow, that's a cool another you know pedestrian bridge. And um, uh, but we'll know that here in uh, in April, and hopefully um, you know permitting goes well with the DOT. They've been really so far super helpful that uh, by September we'd be up and doing the construction and be good to go. All right, and I'd say any chance we have to add another hill at the end of the Berkey, we got to do that. Yeah, right? of course, right? Of course. I mean, yeah. heck. See if we can get this thing to 7,000 feet before you know it. <laughs> I don't think we're quite there, but it's, uh, I was, uh, yeah. I, we have a podcast coming out soon. I was in Italy. I skied the Marcialongo with, um, with yes. some gentlemen who skied all of the World Open races, and one of them skied them all of them 15 times, or one of the, however the World Open Masters works. But he, uh, you know, they were saying the Berkey's definitely one of the more interesting courses because of all the up and down. Most of the other, most of the other races are big uphill, big downhill, or, or pretty flat. And the Marcialongo was, was, you know, there's no, not really many hills. There's a couple of hills in there, but nothing that you'd, you'd, like you'd see in the Berkey, except at the end where it has a 200-meter climb, up, but they give you a cluster at the bottom and sort of hope for the best. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, it's a pretty fun, fun yeah. event, no doubt. The Italians know how to host an event. <laughs> they, they certainly do. Um, all right, well, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll probably uh, see you next in Hayward, maybe touch base before then, but um, I know you'll be busy. Thanks for getting all the all the stuff done. It sounds like everything's pretty under control and that we'll have a great race in uh, less than three weeks. Hey, my pleasure. Looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up when you're here. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Ben. Right. Yep. Thank you. Thanks to Ben for coming on. And if you want more information about the Berkey Bash, go to berkey.com slash ski slash events slash Berkey Bash. It's on Thursday evening before the race at 5.30, so perfect timing if you're in town uh, before the Cordelopet or the Prince Hoken. And yes, you'll get to meet Keekin, which sounds well worth the price of admission, but it also includes a pasta feed, and you probably want that anyway. Um, as always, the theme music is from Tusklord, and the podcast was produced, believe it or not, by me. Um, if you have any suggestions or comments, you can uh, find us on Twitter, at BerkeyGuide. And we are looking at getting the website updated for 2019 in the next few days. Uh, So we'll be making the changes, but most things have stayed pretty much the same. So we will see you soon, and uh, happy skiing, and see you in a few weeks in Hayward.